Welcome to Food Forward, Nourishing the World, with your host, Alan Weiner. Over the next hour, you'll explore the innovative and ever-evolving solutions in everyone's favorite topic, food. Now, here's your host, Alan. Greetings, everybody, from the Sunshine State. My name is Alan Weiner, and I'm your host for Food Forward, Nourishing the World, here on Voice America. Each week, we explore the innovations and trends shaping the future of food. From sustainability to technology, we'll uncover the flavors of tomorrow. Plainly speaking, we will discuss all things food, some crucial to our well-being and some just for fun. If you miss an episode of Nourishing the World, it will be available after airing on my Voice America page and through all leading podcast platforms. I like to think of it as radio on demand. Our first guest is indeed a special one. It's Dotsie Bausch, and she represents a wonderful um, program called Switch for Good, which we'll get to in a second. Dotsie, for those who aren't familiar either with the plant-based world, plant-based world related to um, athletes, Dotsie is a 2012 silver medalist winner at the London Olympics for cycling. And she did all of this while being on a plant-based diet, which as I watched the, the, the Netflix documentary, The Game Changers, she talks about how it gave us energy and hopefully we'll get to that, as well as being a graduate of Villanova University, go Wildcats. So Dotsie, welcome to the show. Dotsie? There we go. I'm here. I was on mute. We had some dog chaos that happens, right, with live stuff. So oh. uh, got it Got it calmed down. <laughs> no, no problem at all. I was saying that um, you're also a proud graduate of Villanova University. Go right. Wildcats. Yes, so, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So before we get into some of the background on, on yourself and your work in the plant-based field, yeah. Let, let's talk about the Ad Soy Act and how it's going to impact nutrition in schools. Yes, most definitely. So um, the Add Soy Act was introduced in the House of Representatives in sorry, House of Representatives in April and then in the Senate in June. And it's something that we have been working on for three years. Uh, I don't know how many people know this. I didn't, but it's about an average of seven years uh, to get a bill passed. So there's a lot of behind the scenes work, but the crux of it is pretty simple. Since the National School Lunch Program was created by uh, Harry Truman in 1946, there has been one single beverage available to children, and that's cow's milk. So for 77 years, they've had one option. There are a myriad of problems with that. Uh, the main one being that schools are no longer segregated, and we have all sorts of people, all colors of people, all races of people in our nation's schools as we are a melting pot. And cow's milk makes between 75 and 98% of BIPOC people, including children, of course, sick, uncomfortable, and sometimes unable to breathe. Those are the symptoms of what is known as lactose intolerance, which is actually quite normal be lactose intolerant, right? We're born with an enzyme called lactase that helps to digest the lactose in our own mother's breast milk, right? All mammals have it. 
Um, but because our bodies are really intelligent, that lactase enzyme is designed to turn off around the age of five, six, or seven when, when breastfeeding years are behind us. And then we can no longer digest lactose. So not being able to digest it is totally, completely normal. And those of us who have uh, been drinking cow's milk the longest, we'll say mostly white Northern Europeans like myself, um, have genetically mutated. And my lactase enzyme has stayed on because we've been drinking milk for many, many years. And so I am lactase persistent and that is actually abnormal. So I think it's kind of interesting to understand the science behind it because you say lactose intolerance to some people and they think it's a disease but it's actually quite normal. So the Ad Soy Act is very simply to bring into our nation's schools a plant-based option so that kids have a choice. Imagine that. Besides cow's milk, it's something that is nutritionally equivalent uh, from a macronutrient profile. So same carbohydrates and, and fat and protein as, as cow's milk, but won't make them sick. So, so that is what we're trying to do. Yeah. So you chose soy milk. I don't know whether you chose it or that was, you know, some, some other decision. Um, why soy, soy milk? Because I've I looked on um, the killer milk page. There are countless plant-based options from yeah. oat and rice and uh, almonds and so on. Right. Um, why soy milk? Well, we did not... We were not the ones that chose soy milk. The dietary guidelines for Americans uh, creates uh, uh, dietary guidelines uh, every five years. And in the last edition, the dietary guidelines in 2020, they added in soy milk for Americans as a, quote, nutritionally equivalent to cow's milk. And as I just said, it has very similar profile of carbohydrates, protein, and fat. And in our school lunch program, we have about 30 million kids that are a part of the breakfast and lunch program and may not get dinner when they go home. So they need uh, a high nutrition uh, and a very balanced nutrition from that beverage that they're going to choose. There's lots of interesting, wonderful, delicious plant-based milks, but as you go through them, you understand why, or I began to understand why the dietary guidelines chose soy milk. And it's, many of them don't have any protein, like oat milk has very low protein. Um, a lot of them don't have uh, the, the the fat that you need. A lot of them have, well, I shouldn't say a lot of them. Some of them have way too much fat, like coconut milk, for example. It's delicious. It's 40% fat. Right. Um, that would that would not be the thing to put in our nation's schools. So we followed the dietary guidelines because it's going to also make it much easier for the House of Representatives and the Senate to accept the alternative that the dietary guidelines has already deemed equal. I want to get to the process of getting you know this legislation passed, but let's talk first about Switch for Good. When did you start it, and what was the process and your goals? Sure. Well, it's a nonprofit organization. We're a 501c3. We started in very late 2018. And it really started um, off of a, a, a desire uh, and and uh, quite honestly, some disillusionment and, and some anger around how uh, prevalent cow's milk is and is pushed on not only our society, but our children. And then myself as an Olympic athlete, the dairy industry sponsored the United States Olympic Committee. So it was really, really pushed upon me as, uh, you know, we've all seen the commercials, you know, got milk, milk does the body good. They really pressure uh, the general public 
to drink milk via athletes and, and, and celebrities. And I just, as I started to uncover the truth about cow's milk and the deleterious effects of it, and just how strange it is that there's this one milk from this one specific mammal that they're selling us this lie that we have to be able to, to drink or eat whatever it might be, whatever form, right? Because cow's milk is also cottage cheese and cream cheese and cheese. And uh, I started getting really frustrated in, um, in, in that in that scenario that that we were being sold a lie and I didn't think that was fair and so when I retired from professional sport I got together with a group of Olympians and we decided we would like to tell the truth you know and, and, and so the organization wasn't even in the the even in the farthest back of my mind to start it was just Let's put a commercial on NBC on the closing ceremonies of the Olympic Games. Yes, that's going to be expensive, but we want to be able to tell the truth. And we want uh, people to know that you don't have to drink cow's milk to be great or to win in a medal or to be healthy, that it's it's not true. So we did that and in, in 2018. And the dairy industry got it kicked off of NBC. Follow the dollar, right? So that is what kind of instigated a bit of a battle, if you will, and and why we got started as an organization is like, okay, if that kind of monetary power is going to be able to have control over freedom of speech right here in the good old USA, we, we're, we're going to have to really stand up um, and speak the truth. So you then went to billboards, is that correct? We didn't. We did a big billboard campaign this year, uh, but but our, our first year we didn't. We we didn't go to that. I mean, every year we 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 push ourselves, right? So this year we, uh, you know, introduced legislation and we did a couple of really big billboard series. We uh, created a, a a a book, a plant based playbook, alongside the International Olympic Committee that is for athletes and and teaches them how to optimize their performance on plant based fuel. Uh, and we made some films. We did a, a variety of different things. So every year we we just push ourselves and our ourselves and our activism, right, to kind of look at where the holes are, see what uh, is needed in society for people mm -hmm. to understand and know the truth, and 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 you know think more critically, right? Think more critically about advertising that we're sold. And and we found that this generation, the, this current generation, is definitely doing that. They don't just buy ads from big business. They're they're asking more questions and making um, better decisions for themselves. Yeah. I would imagine that social media plays a pretty big part of your Definitely. Work. Yeah. Definitely. How, how well, sure. Yeah. 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 Well, anybody can go see Switch for Good on Instagram or YouTube. Those are probably our biggest um, platforms. We also started, uh, we have a Switch for Good podcast that is uh, very is completely uh, you know health wellness and performance related. Um, I co-hosted alongside um, Baywatch actress Alexandra Paul's a longtime activist, and that started in 2018. So that's a a big piece of what you do and a big piece of our reach on uh, on YouTube. So I want to talk a little bit in our in our last couple of minutes about you mm -hmm. and one of the things that struck me in watching the Game Changers is your decision to go on a plant-based diet um, and how it provided you the energy that you needed to compete. When you did that, I imagine that there weren't a lot of plant-based foods available. Not like today when there's plant-based cheese, plant-based milk, um, meat alternatives, and so on. Um, right. How did you accomplish that? 
Well, I think it's it's important to remember that uh, plant based foods are are just that they are they're 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 plants, and there are uh, almost every culture in the entire world started with eating a mostly plant based diet way before right. you could manufacture anything, right? So you have. You have nuts and seeds and fruits and vegetables and legumes and grains. I mean, that is a plethora of of options right there because you have thirty choices in each category to to mix up your you know your plate or your bowl. So I I think the biggest thing is I was coming uh, you know into my last couple of years as an athlete and decided to make the switch, which was an ethical decision. Uh, I just had to kind of relearn where protein, carbohydrates, and fats come from. And they come from all different foods, right? They don't just come from dead animals. That's ridiculous. Because what do the animals eat? Well, all the animals we eat, eat plants. There's not one single animal I can think of that we commonly eat that eats other animals. So you just kind of look at giraffes and rhinoceros and elephants, and they're eating eating greens. (laughs) They're straight, straight from the trees, which actually have quite a bit of protein. So I just had to figure out as an athlete, because protein is always the question, right? Like, oh, how did you get enough protein? Uh, And I just, it comes in the form of all the plants, but especially in legumes and grains and nuts. So I just had to do the math and go, okay, I've got to get 90 grams of protein today and do the math just like you would do the math as an athlete if you're going to eat chicken. Right. So I noticed um, in looking at the Game Changers, one of your producers was Rip Esselin, the founder of the Engine 2 Diet, which my wife and I uh, started on when we became vegans in Austin, Texas. Okay, did, cool. Did you go to um, anybody for advice, people in the plant-based world that would kind of jumpstart you in that process? No, because th- so I did this in 2010. Uh, and and I was on the podium in the Olympics in 2012. Right. I honestly didn't even realize there was a plant-based movement back then in 2010. I, I just didn't, di- I mean, they, they they didn't even have Instagram back then where you could kind of, you know, sniff around and see other people talking about the same thing you're talking about. So I kind of just did it a little like quietly, uh, if you will, and just, you know, was just on my own journey. And then I started digging in and 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 learning about, you know, the 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 doctors in the plant-based movement like Esselstyn and Campbell and McDougal and 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 learning from them. And but that was later. And the game changers came out, I think it was at the end of 2018. Um, and everything they that that is in that film on me is footage from a other documentary that I was in called Personal Gold. So we really didn't film all that much with the Game Changers because they bought all that footage. So um, I was, you know, well into being vegan and, and on on the, you know, well on the journey by the time I met those guys. And right. we, um, yeah, we're, I was a part of the film. So before we sign off, and I do want to thank you for your time. It's been, yeah. you know, fascinating. Tell people how they can learn more about Switch for Good and perhaps even donate to the cause. Well, it's end of year, so that would be amazing. If people are moved by what we do after they check us out, that would be incredible. We would so appreciate um, donation. We are we are trying to beat last year's end of year donations, and we're, we're just about 10% off, so these last 10 days are going to be really important. But 
you know, you can certainly go to social media if if you like social media, we're switch for good, switch the number for good. But then you can also go to the website, which goes in in is you know, a much deeper dive, switchforgood.org. If you want to click on our Ad Soy Act, you can and you can send letters to your um your senators and your representative, which we really, really need to happen to get this passed that you know your your um your senators and your representatives they want to hear from their constituents very much. So that could would be huge. But you can kind of stiff around and see some of the different work there. They're doing, you can subscribe to the podcast. There's a podcast button. And then of course, there's a pop-up that's going to ask you to give. So you can click on that uh, if you feel so moved. Well, it's the end of the year. It's the time for yeah. people to, to give money. Um, I'd like to thank Dotsie Bausch for joining us today on Food Forward, Nourishing the World. And I recommend the documentary, The Game Changers. Um, it, it's fascinating you learn not only the journey that these athletes and other people went on, yeah. you actually learn a lot. And for example, as Dotsie mentioned, you learn that animals aren't really the source of the protein. It's the food that they eat that kind of becomes the, the source mm -hmm. of the protein. So um, well said, thank, Alan. Yeah. Thank you very much. And we will be back after this message. From the vivid imagination of acclaimed author Alan Weiner comes a mystery series that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Meet Max Rosen, a spirited young newspaper reporter who finds himself entangled in a web of suspense, secrets, and danger. In What Goes Up, Rosen's instincts lead him to a mystery that soars beyond expectations. This journey continues in Tickle Takedown, where the stakes get higher, the mysteries deeper, and just when you think you have him figured out, Max evolves a nose job, taking us into the mature and thrilling world of investigative journalism. Alan Weiner crafts a world filled with adventure, where every clue counts, every lead matters, and every page turns faster than the last. Dive into the Max Rosen Mysteries series today. Available now on Amazon.com. Max Rosen Mysteries, where intrigue and adventure await at the turn of every page. Brought to you by Alan Weiner, writing stories that take you on a journey, one mystery at a time. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Food Forward with Alan Weiner. Have a question for Alan or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5791. That's 866-472-5791. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Food Forward, Nourishing the World. I'm your host, Alan Weiner. I want to thank Dotsie Bausch for joining us and her Switch for Good organization that is trying to uh, change the way kids in school get their nourishment. It was really a, a very interesting and enlightening interview. While we wait for our next guest to join us, um, I was doing some thinking that, you know, the weather this time of the year isn't particularly good. And um, you may have guests joining you at your house. And, you know, after a while, you run out of things to talk about. You run out of things to eat. And you may want to, you know, turn on your TV and get some entertainment through the world of food. So 
um, as a former television critic uh, several lifetimes ago, I went through, um, kind of want to call out some of the better shows that you can watch on different networks. So starting with Netflix, I have um, three shows that I'd like to recommend. One is called Poisoned, The Dirty Truth About Your Food. Now, I recommend that you have people watch this after they've eaten instead of before. Uh, they may not uh, want to eat or ask you where all of your food came from. The second one is called Street Food USA. And this is part of a series um, that shows you uh, different street foods, which takes you into different ethnicities, uh, different places around the country. I believe there's one for Asia. There's one for Latin America. And you're going to get some great ideas as well as some ideas for travel. So I think that that's going to be fun. The third one is called Chef's Table, which delves into some of the leading chefs in the world and um, the restaurants and the techniques that they bring. I think that um, you'll get a lot out of those three. There are two that I labeled ick, uh, ones that either if you're looking to laugh uh, or really want to avoid, one is called Cooking with Paris. And it has nothing to do with the city in France, it has to do with Paris Hilton. And um, it's as bad as you might think. I was not able to get through most of the first episode. The other one is called Somebody Feed Phil. Um, and it, it stars Phil Rosenthal. Uh, Phil Rosenthal is best known as the executive producer, creator, writer of Everybody Loves Raymond. He's also an actor in his own right. He was um, in the movie Spanglish. He had a, a brief role and he's been in some other things. Um, the, the places he goes to and the things he eats are, are really quite interesting and gives you some insight into the world of travel and the, word, the world of food in travel. And um, the problem is Phil. I mean, he kind of makes uh, really interesting and, and funny noises. All right. We actually have our, our next guest joining us. We'll get back to um, the world of uh, food video after that. So joining us right now is a familiar name uh, in the world of food entrepreneurship. His name is Ali. And I'm going to get this right. Monchuli. Manchulianso. How did I do? Well, zero mistakes. It's amazing. Oh, you made it. Beautiful. So, yes, perfect. Uh, Ollie is the CEO of Planetarians, and we're going to talk about them in a second. But Ollie's background uh, includes a lot of diverse areas, such as solar technology, the company 100% Food, Techstars, and another company called Food X. Now, Planetarians. Uh, upcycles spent yeast solids from oil from from um, yeast and oil extracts, and was also uh, a speaker and participant at COP twenty eight, which we'll uh, get to in a second. So, welcome to the show, Ali. How are you? Yeah, uh, thank you for uh, warming up the stage. Uh, small correction: uh, I didn't start Techstars. Techstars is a huge accelerator. And no, no, I, 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 I know that you just were appeared yeah. as part of Techstars, right? Exactly. exactly. So, so, yeah. so, talk a little bit about the concept of upcycling. It's one that people are familiar with, but if you could explain the process that Planetarians uses, that would be great. 
Well, the common way to explain the valorization or upcycling or recycling is, is something that you take as the garbage guy and then make something good out of that. But uh, this is not how it works. So nobody wants to eat the garbage. So nobody even wants to use the recycled uh, plastic uh, in their applications. So you, uh, you want uh, to go from uh, the end goal. So uh, creating or recreating, if you have that uh, opportunity, a better product. And then uh, if uh, now that you need uh, to use the ingredients so that were previously not used or underused, underutilized, so and you see uh, the abundance of those uh, uh, in, uh, nutrients and in those ingredients and the cost effectiveness because they are disposed then you can treat it as not as something disgusting smelling uh, but it's a treasure treasure that you just convert into the better for you uh, product and this is uh, and, uh, with this approach uh, we recreated uh, our meat alternatives which has more protein than beef, plus the fiber of an apple. So it's like the meat and vegetables in one settings. And if your kids don't like to eat vegetables, like many other, like my kids, yeah, you can a little bit fool them and deliver the uh, nutrition that the, uh, you want them to uh, to get at the fraction of the cost. Yeah, no, and definitely. So um, I've seen and heard of companies that do use um the x the yeasts from breweries a couple of companies in particular but oil extracts are, are you unique in that or how does that work then uh, let me you know, first uh, comment on the yeast or yeast extracts here again uh, speak about something that was extracted okay, yeah, and then uh, uh, you you discard what's left no, we are against that uh, paradigm. We think that if we are really in the upcycling, we need to take uh, it as is, as the whole ingredient, uh, and find a way how to uh, make it work. So in our case, uh, if we speak about uh, the spent yeast, that uh, breweries, bioethanol refineries, distillers, they use uh, for fermenting sugars for alcohol. They need the alcohol, uh, yeast growing, well, like crazy every cycle, this is the byproduct for them. We offtake them and use them, them as the whole uh, without adulteration. This is the key ingredient. Second, regarding the uh, vegetable oil, sunflower seeds, uh, soy seeds, uh, canola seeds, oh, a lot of seeds pressed for the oil. And once they press the oil, this is their commercial product, they need to get rid uh, of uh, what's left. And what's left, it's a two-thirds of the crop. So we take that dry matter and combine it together with the spent yeast. We texturized uh, uh, into, the, uh, uh, into the meat that we sell on the market. So um, I've seen the videos where you have a number of chefs creating some really good-looking um, recipes using planetarians. I would imagine, though, you know, there were iterations. There were, you know, you didn't just kind of immediately come up with, with the end product. How how did that process go? And how long did it take you from the concept um, and as you explain what your end goal was to getting the product that you took to market? Oh, it was overnight eight-year success. <laughs> 
So it, it took really longer than we anticipated. Uh, and uh, if you will raise some brows during my previous answers, well, it's a little bit uh, complicated. It's not something that I well expected to hear. Imagine me being a white crow for the, all those eight years. So uh, we started uh, from uh, uh, sunflower oil cake. This is the uh, dry matter left after oil extracted from sunflower seeds. And uh, trying to find the way uh, how we can uh, use the nutrients because it's uh, uh, sunflower oil cake has more protein than beef. So uh, we made chips, uh, chips uh, like sun chips. Uh, those chips had more protein than uh, protein bar, but a little bit harder to chew rather than the sun chips. And after selling 100,000 servings uh, to consumers, we thought it will require too much push, too much marketing efforts. Uh, it will not something that they fly on its own. So we uh, kept uh, iterating into something more palatable. And we started uh, uh, combining sunflower oil cake with uh, another byproduct streams like starches. And together with uh, Barilla, it's one of our investors, we made uh, pasta. Again, monotricious. Well, pasta had more protein than pasta with meatballs, but dark like charcoal. Because sunflower, if you imagine sunflower, it's a dark uh, seed. And the polyphenols from the uh, shells, because we take what's uh, everything what's left after oil was extracted. So, uh, well, uh, made pasta, well, dark, well, as if it was colored with the squid ink. Barilla thought uh, it will be a trend. People will try it once and moved on. So uh, they uh, pass it on the launch of this product uh, on the market. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, that means the industry players are not yet ready uh, for that. We started thinking where the color, dark color, is not the deal breaker. Uh, and uh, uh, that led us uh, to beef because cooked beef uh, is pretty dark. So we thought that if we make it, well, then we maybe find even larger market uh, rather than uh, uh, chips or, or uh, pasta. But there was one obstacle. <laughs> Meat is about the really high protein content. So we needed to increase the protein level in uh, our byproduct streams uh, uh, to the uh, numbers uh, suitable for texturization because you won't have these fibers stuck in your teeth. Uh, uh, to do that, we have to educate ourselves uh, in the new uh, technology set. So we thought that if we can ferment uh, residual uh, carbohydrates uh, in the byproduct, because when they press the oil, fat, gum, what's left, protein and the carbohydrates. So if we're able to ferment those carbohydrates, then we will increase inherent protein content naturally. Plus, uh, using fungi or microbes, they're half of the protein themselves, we increase the overall protein content. So uh, it worked well. Uh, as a bonus, uh, we got uh, the um, uh, cleared flavor. So uh, fermentation cleared the bean uh, flavor. Uh, so now we don't need any blockers, any maskers, uh, any right. flavors that... Uh, well, you can see uh, on the long ingredient list uh, of uh, the brands uh, on the stores. So we through this process, we uh, got everything in one setting. 
and we made uh, beautiful sunflower burgers uh, to present at uh, Expo West in 2020. A lot of people uh, booked their tickets uh, from retailers, investors uh, to see us and uh, 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 we, we had very high expectations. So finally, after six years, because every iteration, couple, uh, chips took two years, so pasta took two years, burgers took two years, we finally uh, make it. But two, two days before the show, COVID canceled it. <laughs> So then, uh, then uh, the climate conditions uh, work uh, against us. So, and uh, well, instead of crying in the corner, because uh, uh, well, people looking at us, our kids looking at us, so we thought, what if we raise the bar? As long as we like uh, the fermentation process, uh, uh, we didn't like the cost of the fermentation. You need to big a huge tanks uh, to store a biomass for several days include their well, cross-contamination, safety, all these things, and you will end up with the tenth and hundreds of millions So you need to bury in the capital to build that factory. So we thought, what if we can get the benefits of the fermentation, but without fermentation? So, and uh, we analyzed the biomass before, analyzed biomass after. So, and... Uh, uh, started looking for the difference readily available on the market. And this time the luck was on our side. We found spent yeast that, uh, as already described, uh, beer companies use. So it's a missing piece of the puzzle. And then uh, we simplified technology uh, to uh, just extruder, liquid port, uh, spent yeast, dry port our uh, spent beans, two minutes process. And we have uh, the beef that tastes like a beef. So 72% acceptance rate at the fraction of the cost because ingredients cost nothing and the equipment uh, to also cost almost nothing. So in terms of sourcing the quantities that you need of both the spent yeast and the spent vegetable oil, um, do you have one specific place you get those from or do you have to kind of look around? Uh, well, uh, it, it's abundant because uh, I mentioned uh, the beer makers, distilleries, uh, bioethanol refineries. Uh, yeast is uh, very widely used uh, uh, beast of fungi, uh, to be technically. Uh, but we were lucky uh, to uh, hook the attention of the largest uh, beer maker in the world, Anheuser Busch here in the United States, and uh, AB and Bev in the whole world. So uh, they saw uh, the beauty of the technology that we used because we used the whole byproduct stream, spent yeast as it is, without anything, uh, adulteration, extraction, whatever. So, uh, and uh, they saw the efficiency of the product uh, and they, uh, they aligned their strategic plans allocating to us uh, their world volume. So now we have the half of their uh, world volume of the spent yeast and encouraging us uh, to uh, establish lines uh, across every brewery they have in the world. So um, is your business model more B2B or B2C or it's evolving? Uh, there is no one clear answer uh, so far because we engaged uh, uh, multiple players uh, on the world uh, in, in the 
uh, on the market. So uh, selling our chips, we were a straight direct-to-consumer selling it through uh, Amazon and our website. So uh, engaging Barilla, we were uh, B2B. Right now, selling to schools, so we are technically B2B, uh, but uh, uh, kids and students in the schools are our uh, customers. So uh, selling to food service, let's say you know, UT Austin, the university, uh, serve it for their students. Uh, so we are still B2B. But now, uh, being uh, our success was long, uh, noticed uh, by a couple of uh, retailers. I cannot name uh, the, their names, but uh, it's the cheapest uh, on the cheapest side and the healthiest side. So the, the bigger retailers willing to launch it on under their white labels. So uh, we technically again B two B, but uh, and B two C simultaneously. That uh, so all these options are on the table. So what can we expect next? So you you're attacking or tackling the meat. Um, protein alternative meat business. Uh, are there other targets that you're looking for? Um, I would refrain from calling ourselves as the meat alternative company uh, because uh, we started uh, as uh, the removing inefficiencies uh, in the uh, food system. Uh, by repurposing uh, underutilized nutrients uh, uh, from uh, landfills and animals uh, for direct human consumption. And uh, when uh, United Nations learned what we are doing, because reducing the uh, stinking uh, with the greenhouse gas emissions uh, by products from landfills or cows' mouths, so we are in the climate tech. So this is one sustainability goal of uh, United Nations. And bringing the 10 times uh, cheaper uh, than beef uh, nutrition to uh, the market. So we are uh, in the food security business. So uh, we can uh, feed the growing population uh, in, in the countries where the land is limited. Let's take Nigeria so, or India where the population grows and they may want to grow more lentils but land is limited. So uh, repurposing one third what's already grown but discarded in, back into the system. So this is what we've done. So our meat business is the proof that we can make it uh, and make it in better way uh, than uh, the traditional beef. Again, more protein and the fiber. So, and this creates the uh, the uh, proof for many other entrepreneurs, and I will call those entrepreneurs and scientists, guys, look for more uh, byproduct streams. There, are, Every crop has it. So look for the new ways how we can uh, transform them. So either uh, using the, well, the multiple ways. Uh, and uh, we, we see ourselves as the lowest hanging fruit is expansion from uh, United States uh, to other countries. I mentioned already Nigeria, India, where we're actively looking. So uh, Brazil, Mexico is uh, on the second list. And after uh, COP28, that United, United Nations Climate Conference, uh, we have even more uh, people with whom we are speaking. We also think about uh, coming back to our pasta and relaunching on the markets because now uh, no doubt. It's not a uh, trend. I, I don't want to interrupt, but unfortunately, we're out of time. I'd love to have you back to talk more. Um, our special guest has been Ali Manchu. 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 
First time with us yet from yeah, Planet Atlas. Yes. I want to thank you so much for joining us, and we'll be back after this message. From the vivid imagination of acclaimed author Alan Weiner comes a mystery series that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Meet Max Rosen, a spirited young newspaper reporter who finds himself entangled in a web of suspense, secrets, and danger. In what goes up, Rosen's instincts lead him to a mystery that soars beyond expectations. This journey continues in Tickle Takedown, where the stakes get higher, the mysteries deeper, and just when you think you have him figured out, Max evolves a nose job, taking us into the mature and thrilling world of investigative journalism. Alan Weiner crafts a world filled with adventure, where every clue counts, every lead matters, and every page turns faster than the last. Dive into the Max Rosen Mysteries series today. Available now on Amazon.com. Max Rosen Mysteries, where intrigue and adventure await at the turn of every page. Brought to you by Alan Weiner, writing stories that take you on a journey, one mystery at a time. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Food Forward with Alan Weiner. Have a question for Alan or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5791. That's 866-472-5791. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Food Forward, Nourishing the World. I'm your host, Alan Weiner. First, I'd like to thank our guests, Ollie, from Planetarians, and we didn't have a chance to tell you, um, if you go to their site, planetarians.com, you can learn a lot more about the product. And if you go to YouTube, you can actually see some of the recipes that you make with it. Um, our first guest was Dotsie Bausch from Switch for Good. Dotsie is a former Olympic athlete and a silver medal winner in the 2012 London Games. And she is trying to overcome the issue of milk intolerance and milk allergies in schools, a really noble cause. So before Ollie, um, we had kind of a, a little segment, which I'm going to continue talking about um, shows that you can watch with your guests about food, uh, maybe some they're familiar with and some they're not. Um, on YouTube, there's, there's quite a few. Um, Mark Weens. Uh, is is one who's a guy who's been around for quite a while. And I believe he has a show on one of the streaming networks, but his best stuff is on YouTube. And he's um, really kind of gets to the point. He travels with his wife and, well, young son. He started off, the, the kid was a baby and he carried him around uh, like a papoose. Um, but he goes to interesting places, meets interesting people, and really kind of gets to the heart of the food culture in different cities. Um, the other one is called um, First We Feast. And my daughter turned me on to this. This is uh, starring a guy named Sean Evans. And he has celebrities come on and eat hot wings. And he kind of goes from, you know, mild hot wings all the way up to something beyond ghost pepper. And it's kind of interesting to see um, how the people react. Uh, there's quite a few guests that have been on 
Gordon Ramsay's been on, Steph Curry, the basketball player from the Golden State Warriors, and um, Jenna Ortega, who a lot of people know from the Scream movies, as well as the Netflix series Wednesday. Another series that I really like is Binging with Babish. And it's become, you know, it's evolved over the years. And um, it's gotten maybe a tad more commercial with sponsors now. But when it first started, it was kind of really earthy. And um, the gentleman who plays Babish uh, started off, uh, I, I believe he was a video videographer. So he has a, a really nice setup. And uh, he would take... Um, things that are well known from movies, TV shows, and recreate them. And he would do them, you know, from soup to nuts. It was, it's really quite good. Um, one that is very, very popular on social media, um, not so much uh, in, you know, any of the formal streaming channel, is a guy named Joshua Wiseman. And he's very clever. And he's really just super skilled and he can teach you how to make kombucha, for example, in like a minute and a half. He's really quick. He's really to the point. He's very, very clever, as I said. I think he's based in Austin. I'm not 100% sure. And then, you know, there's quite a few Gordon Ramsay uh, segments that you can find on YouTube and some other places. And whether you like Gordon Ramsay or not, um, through, you know, his, his numerous shows, both in the UK and here, uh, Hell's Kitchen, uh, restaurant um, where he changes restaurants, uh, puts them you know, into a, a new space. Uh, he's really good at showing you um, how to make basic recipes, how to make the perfect burger, how to make the perfect steak. And he does it very quickly and succinctly. Uh, another chef from the UK, who you can find on YouTube, of course, Jamie Oliver. And if you're not familiar with his original series, The Naked, Naked Chef, um, a lot of those episodes are available on YouTube. Uh, you look under Channel 4 Foods and you see a much uh, older and uh, maybe somewhat wiser Jamie Oliver now. And he does quite a few um, vegan recipes. It's, it's really, you know, um, you can learn a lot from him. Um, on Amazon Prime, I found two series that um, caught my eye. One is the series called Great Chefs. And long before uh, there was social media and streaming, uh, my wife and I used to love the Great Chef series. Uh, the Great Chef series was on PBS, and they had Great Chefs of the West, Great Chefs of the Southwest, Great Chefs of New York, uh, Great Chefs of Europe. And, um, you know, uh, he has, they, the one that you can find right now is Great Chefs of Europe, but I'm sure all the others are available on Amazon Prime. They're, it's an interesting approach. It's kind of very conversational where you learn a lot about the chefs, uh, their background, why they do what they do. It's really interesting. I, I highly recommend it. And it comes from an era at the beginning of food shows. So it's a little bit um, different than the shows you're going to find today on YouTube and on the streaming services. Another show, and maybe this is because my family and I recently had a trip to uh, the UK, Tom Carriage. 
um, he has, he teaches you pub cooking, um, which is food that you would find in a pub, which is generally, you know, fish and chips or pies as they call them. But he is the only two Michelin star pub chef that there is around. And, and you learn quite a bit of what I would call earthy food and how you can really make it elegant and, and worth saving, serving to a lot of other people. There are there's a PBS short series called Kitchen Vignettes, and they cover a wide range of areas. The one that I like is where they kind of go outside and they do quite a bit of foraging. Um, there's one in particular that's called Cooking Fiddleheads, where they go on some Native American land. I believe it is either in the Pacific Northwest or perhaps um, the province of, of British Columbia, and they, you know, forage for these fiddleheads. Uh, they show you what they are, how to prepare them, how to cook them, and and so on. Um, two other ones that I highly recommend. One is called um, Barbecue for Franklin, Barbecue with Franklin. And this is um, starring Aaron Franklin, who... Um, is the proprietor of Franklin Barbecue in Austin, Texas. This is near and dear to our heart because when my wife and I were carnivores, um, it kind of coincided with Aaron Franklin's start as a barbecue chef when he had a small uh, trailer uh, right near the University of Texas, kind of right by the freeway, I-35. And as he became more popular, the line started growing uh, he became, you know, quite well known and had to move into a new space uh, in East Austin. And I'm sure not having been there for quite a while, the lines are still incredibly long. But he kind of lets you in on his secret and shows you, you know, if you want to do this at home or, you know, using your own smoker, really quite interesting. And one of my favorite chefs is Andrew Zimmer. And Andrew has just an amazing story. Uh, he um, really kind of went from, from being uh, having numerous addictions to kind of overcoming that and becoming not only a great chef, but he's a wonderful personality and never forgets where he came from and the path that he took. And you can find him in cooking shows, um, where he's not the star. You can also find him in some of his own stars. He has one that I think is called Exotic Adventures, where he goes around the world and eats kind of crazy things um, in Asia, um, you know, animal organs and things like that. They're kind of disgusting, but whatever. For me, the Ick series, the one that I really don't like, uh, is on Hulu, and it features... Uh, Padma Lakshi from the Top Chef series. Uh, it, it's, you know, if she's your taste, sure, you know, watch it. But I find her kind of cloying. Um, I, I find the show not very watchable. So um, it's up to you. Watch it if you want. Don't watch it, you know, uh, up to you. And of course, there's always Guy Fieri and Triple D. Uh, you know, he can be a little bit much at times, but I had new respect for him when he, you know, followed the lead of, of the World Kitchen where he went to, you know, certain areas, disaster areas and, and cooked for people. 
So that's my recommendation. If you have any ones you would like to suggest, please drop me a line. Um, as always, you can follow us on social media. Uh, you can follow us on YouTube, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, and TikTok. So we have one final segment before we call it a day. So I will be back after these messages. From the vivid imagination of acclaimed author Alan Weiner comes a mystery series that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Meet Max Rosen, a spirited young newspaper reporter who finds himself entangled in a web of suspense, secrets, and danger. In what goes up, Rosen's instincts lead him to a mystery that soars beyond expectations. This journey continues in Tickle Takedown, where the stakes get higher, the mysteries deeper, and just when you think you have him figured out, Max evolves a nose job, taking us into the mature and thrilling world of investigative journalism. Alan Weiner crafts a world filled with adventure, where every clue counts, every lead matters, and every page turns faster than the last. Dive into the Max Rosen Mysteries series today. Available now on Amazon.com. Max Rosen Mysteries, where intrigue and adventure await at the turn of every page. Brought to you by Alan Weiner, writing stories that take you on a journey, one mystery at a time. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Food Forward with Alan Weiner. Have a question for Alan or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5791. That's 866-472-5791. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Food Forward, Nourishing the World. I'm your host, Alan Weiner. Once more, I want to thank my guest, Ollie from Planetarians.com, Planetarians, a alternative protein source that I think um, you definitely want to try. Uh, as he said, it'll be coming out white labeled through some of the leading retailers. I'd also like to thank Dotsy Bausch of Switch for Good. And again, her objective uh, through the Ad Soy Act is to uh, eliminate cow's milk from lunch diets uh, at schools around the United States, uh, changing that for, for soy milk. And if you want to you know, dig deep and give to the uh, cause. It's switch for good. You can probably find them on social media and so on. Um, I want to remind you that the audience is really crucial to my show. I want to hear from you. You can email me at Allen, A-L-L-E-N, at foodforwardradio.com and or follow the show on Facebook, YouTube, our website, foodforwardradio.com or TikTok. So, a preview uh, of next week, we're going to talk a little bit about food cultures and some of the innovations that have come from other countries, some of which aren't quite at our shores yet, and some of which are actually um, coming soon. And uh, one of the things I wanted to share before we kind of sign off are some of the things that um, my family and I learned on our recent trip to Europe. Um, and before I kind of get into that directly, if you ever have the opportunity to go to London and you're in London on a Friday or Saturday, 
you absolutely must go to the borough market. There really isn't anything like it anywhere. Um, rather than describe it, you can watch some videos on YouTube. It has changed over the years. It's gotten bigger, but I also think it's gotten better. So um, definitely you want to do borough market. Uh, again, next week, we're going to have a couple of guests that are going to talk about food cultures. Hopefully, I'll have a, a segment of my own to talk about food cultures that I've learned. And um, please, you know, send us an email at alan at foodforwardradio.com so we can include you on our show. So have a wonderful holiday. And let me remind you to eat hearty and eat healthy. I'm Alan Weiner. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Food Forward. We hope we've given you some insights into the wide world of food. Until we talk again, have a wonderful week.